Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. What's up, Brian? Hey, hey, Bobby. Here we are, episode 107. We're starting a new series, two-part series. This is all about a request from a listener about some content on how to start the year off fast. And this first episode, we're going to title this Getting Organized. We've talked about a lot of little things throughout a number of episodes and series over the past two years. And uh, we'll reference some of these old podcasts if you want to go back and listen to them. But our second series, um, I guess that was in February 2018, we talked about territory planning. And I think a lot of that content applies here, but we're not gonna we're not gonna relive all that. Um, and then I think we talked a lot about some sales productivity items in series six. That was October 2018, and we'll probably reference a few more of those uh, throughout the next week or so. Brian, what do you think about your sales manager? I'm sure your team has a few to dos from you right now on getting prepared for 2020 what what's what do you think about when you think about a fast start from a manager's perspective yeah this is very timely for me right now um we're we're a team that focuses on kind of um longer pursuits so the pursuits sometimes take uh let's say as short as like four months as long as like a year or two um so getting ready for the year before the year starts is a pretty critical action and making sure that you're focused on the right accounts is a pretty critical action so this is all very top of mind right now. And I was looking through Bobby this past week through the listenership on these episodes. And it turns out territory planning was one of the the top episodes. So we know this is top of mind for everybody uh, that's listening. Awesome. So again, we're thinking fiscal year fast start. This episode is called Getting Organized. We're going to, as always, we're going to talk about three things, three, three topics today. Uh, and we'll cover those real quick. Don't overdo it with the organization. Although this is all about getting organized, we're going to tell you don't overdo it, but we want you to lead it as a uh, above average sales rep. Forget what your quota is, uh, forget that thought process and own it. Go plan to get well above what your quota is. I think a lot of people, well, we'll talk about it, but I think a lot of people say, oh, I don't know how to plan without my quota. Uh, It's just laziness and uh, a kick in the can down the fiscal year. And then create a Q1, Q2 action plan for everyone that's on your team. And we'll, we'll talk about who everyone really is later on. I, 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 I wasn't a sales guy first. I, I kind of got in tech through some tech chops and was a consultant first. I, I don't, I remember looking back and just despising some of the way salespeople's approached customers and their plans and everything else. But I think there's a lot more work than people on the periphery understand. And maybe even some of the salespeople understand. And at times, I, I remember seeing, and I see it happen today, where salespeople just spend month one, month two, month three getting organized, planning, almost like they're planning to make that first call. Have you seen sales reps get stuck or frozen in that planning stage, Brian? Yeah, I mean, it's over. that's certainly overcooking a plan for sure. Um and it really, at the end, of, I, I see it probably the most in scenarios to where maybe you're working on a new partnership, let's say, and you sit down with that new partner, and you both have these grandiose plans of of boiling the ocean, and you're going to execute on these 50 action items. They're going to execute on these 62 action items, but it turns out nothing really gets done on it. 
Uh, so I probably see it happen there the most. Uh, but yes, action is uh, action is key. Yeah, I think it's the. Uh, this is about getting organized. This is about who am I going to call? What's my top top targets? What are my renewals? If you have a renewals business, what are my you know, uh, where can I add things on, you know, what's the white space? I've heard that used termed a lot, that term used a lot, you know, and I think, I think I have seen reps way over plan. It's a, it's about creating a strategy, uh, for you and your virtual team to go attack your, your business. What, for no better sense, what you're going to get paid for. And I think as a manager, Brian, you, you, you might manage a team of reps and that team of reps gets paid on their business, but you get paid on your business and then your manager gets paid on yours and probably three other managers business. And I think everybody's kind of got to be planning about what they're going to go get. We, we probably pick on me some, but I think partners are a huge part of this. If you have any partner channel whatsoever in your working world, Partners should be involved and, and should be part of your organization and planning process. I think this is probably something that gets left out in the big vendor world. So maybe Microsoft, the Dell Technologies, the big companies that I've worked for, the teams kind of plan. They do their offsite, they do their kickoff, they have a party of some sort, and then after all that's said and done, and they've distributed accounts and reorganized some things, shift some people around, then they call the partners and get them involved. And I think that's just uh, a little too late in the process. Brian, I know what Microsoft was probably uh, a big foray for you with, with, with the partner channel. How how would you, going back, looking back at those days, we've learned a lot. What would you do different when you were the sales manager at Microsoft uh, in mid-market and, and partners at the fiscal year start? Well, I think, you know, as a the the market Bobby we probably spent the most time with at Microsoft was the mid market and that's where that's where an account executive had let's say um, you know fifty customers and some of those customers to your earlier point have renewals and some of those um, customers were white space right there were companies that um, you, we didn't have relationships in in with they were buying transactionally from us rather than kind of a more you know what what we wanted to sell was an enterprise agreement right so. I think the tactical things I would have worked better with them on with, with a little bit of hindsight now is, is worked with them in partnership to say, all right, we have, um, let's say I have my patch of 50 customers. Let's say that 20 of them are already in this agreement that I, that I want ultimately all 50 to be in. So why don't we, why don't we kind of carve these up and kind of work on them together? Why don't we put a marketing plan together on these? Let's do a, a some sort of event. Let's do some sort of mail out campaign. Let's do some sort of drop off campaign and the win-win there is obviously we get the the what we wanted was that transaction that kind of recurring um, annuity contracts and what the partner wanted was services dollars and and we could accomplish both of those through that kind of marketing plan together. And I just think like to your point, what happens is you get busy like it's you're everyone's busy at, to the end of the to the last day of the year closing most of the time, right? Hopefully. Yeah. Um, Sometimes you finish early and you're, you know, you're, you're vacation those last two weeks. I don't know that I've ever been in that position, but, um, we kind of get so busy towards the end of the year. And then January, let's just say January is the beginning of the new year for hypothetical sake. And you hit that new year and, and you're like, you're exhausted from the previous year and, and planning and, and all that kind of stuff is kind of, it, it just takes a back seat, but with the right kind of, uh, efforts and really just a week or two of work, you can really put yourself in a good position. No doubt, and we we saw it year after year at Microsoft that uh, July and August were like just a, a deflation of a big balloon of, of sales activity, and 
uh, the planning started, a lot of roles were shifting. And, and I think that brings me to my third point of this first point about getting organized. I hear the excuse so often, I don't know what my accounts are going to be. I don't know what my territory is going to be. I don't know who to focus on. And I think the the thing that's been helpful in my career is I've just I just done the right thing, right? I mean, I've tried to service the accounts that I knew were still going to be accounts. I probably have never been screwed too terribly bad if I sold something in that first month that ultimately got shifted to another rep. I think managers would take care of those people who kept trying to grind away and get get business done. So I'd say don't don't let that slow you down. I don't know what my territory is going to be, and just do the right thing for the business, and you'll maybe you might lose a little bit of commission here or there, but you're going to get rewarded for that that work style and work ethic. And when an opportunity comes along to either promote or get a bonus or something like that, people will do the right thing for you as well. Um, how do, how do territories work in your world, Brian? Or how do, how do account assignments work? Do you shift a bunch at the at the new year? What what's your mindset around maybe trying to light the fire for some stalled accounts as well? Yeah, before I hit that though, uh, to go back to your last point there, I, I think that it's also an opportunity. Let's say that there are major shifts in the territory, and it would almost be worthless to do that kind of activity. And that that wouldn't be a huge group of people listening, but. In that case, there's there's things you can do around um, just strengthening those partnerships, right, that you've got in the marketplace, but also strengthening your knowledge around the product. We always talk about being an expert in what you're selling. Man, if you've got a month to where you're doing it, it's not as if you've got to grind for eight hours a day learning a new product, but if you've got a month to where there's some territory shifting going on, it's a great time to like increase your expertise in your craft. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, though, like it, we don't really make that big of shifts. It's a pretty big disruption to the business. We're a very net new focused uh, company, given that we only have about 3,000 customers globally. Uh, we're still in a pretty heavy growth mode at the moment. So we, we tend to try to preserve relationships in the net new space. Um, and we, we tend not to make much changes unless there's something strategically we're doing. But we would only do that every few, you know, every three to five years or something. We would make a, a big shift. Um, so when we, when, when I think of a, a net new team, which probably is a lot of the listenership and you have this, maybe you have this patch and we have a lot of net, we have a lot of net new mid-market people that listen to the show. We know that to be true. If you have a, a kind of zip code patch, one of the things that gets neglected a lot, and this is a good area to talk about it is there are companies that are growing and changing and divesting and being acquired and uh, getting another series round of funding, um, knowing knowing your patch and your zip code more than just the whatever the local business journal is can be very, very fruitful for you. Uh, LinkedIn is a great source for this. Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com, uh, which is kind of an outsourcing platform for you know consulting help, uh, kind of a gig economy to help you do research. There's a great opportunity to if you you know if you kind of know what your territory is. There's a great opportunity to to find some fresh blood there in the group to start working on too. Yeah, all that business disruption is is technology opportunity, uh, tech sales mm-hmm. opportunity for sure. All right, so jumping into part two, forget what your quota is. Uh, that's that's a pun, more around the lines of if if you have a hundred thousand dollar quarterly bonus and your annual number's four hundred thousand, build a plan for something like five fifty, six hundred, um, and then go really try to close six hundred. Like don't don't just 
say that's my coverage number. We talked about that a few weeks ago. Go make that your new number and hold yourself accountable to that new number. I'm going to do 150 a, a, a quarter, and I'm going to blow it out with these people. Um, I would think that would be really, really good for your bank accounts if you could do that. But I think it is about building that plan to exceed. For years and years, I did 10% above the line. And then I, for some reason, thought, well, that's not a ceiling. That's somebody put that ceiling on me. I can go beyond that. So I started building plans in the 120 mark, and I started hitting them. So I think I think it really is you'll – if you don't try, you won't get there, and I think that's a great opportunity to, to try and blow out your number. Back in the day, Bobby, you probably remember this, uh, and I, I used to think it was crazy. I look back on it and think it was maybe maybe a little bit of genius, a little bit of crazy. Uh, Microsoft, would you, they used to raise their uh, SQL quota by like 100%, you know, and, and keep in mind, like SQL was this, for Microsoft, was and still is this, you know, billion dollar business that had that has grown over what 20 years oh yeah longer sure yeah and they would raise the quota by like a hundred percent and of course you had all the the people that were responsible for selling sequel would panic and you know i would have too right if that wasn't if that was me and of course we had downstream impacts of that on our own quota and i think what microsoft was trying to say which which maybe they didn't do a good job of saying it at the time or maybe we, we didn't go do a good job of listening was you need to figure out a better way to do this. You need to oh, yeah. you need to change your strategy altogether. But instead, it would just be two years of taking it on the chin and missing the number, but still outpacing what the traditional quota would have been. You know, let's say it would have been twenty percent. Well, they were still they were growing it by like fifty percent. They're still missing the hundred percent. But I think Bob, your point's right. It's it, a lot of this is a mindset. And if, if we were all, all of a sudden responsible for double what our number was year over year, <clears throat> not saying it wouldn't be a complete nightmare, not saying it wouldn't be really frustrating, but wouldn't it change how we approached every single day? And I think that's that was probably the genius behind what Microsoft was trying to do is, like, why, why not rethink how you approach your business and your engagements? I do like the word genius. I do think it, it was a little crazy, uh, maybe, like you said, a combination of both, but I mean, if you think about that example alone, the, the market share for databases for Microsoft some 10, 15 years ago when we were working there was slim. I mean, it was the, the market share was nothing compared to if you think about what Windows was on the desktop, 93% market share in the database world. They maybe had in the enterprise 25%. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I do think that someone at Microsoft, whoever was responsible for that overall, was thinking... I mean, we got we have we have headroom to triple, you know why? And we we didn't sell that twenty five percent last year, so we might have sold out of that twenty five percent market share we have. We might have sold four percent of that. I mean, they were probably looking at a twenty or thirty x opportunity in the market, and we're only asking the field team to double, like just do it one more time. And I know there's thirty times the opportunity. Much like you said, Workday three thousand customers worldwide. Someone at the headquarters of Workday is sitting around going. Jesus Christ, we have 8 million opportunities to go capture corporate customers to sell this to. Um, don't want to raise your quota, Brian, but I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to go get more. It's just not realistic to go get that year, you know, month after month after month. So there, there's plenty of room out there for, for much bigger quotas. I think there is a cost of sales and someone's smart enough to figure that stuff out. So don't worry about your number that you get. Maybe you have a depressed territory. I've been through ups and downs where 
you know, a, a year in Houston was like a hundred million at Microsoft, and then the next year in Houston was like a sixty million year. Um, there's there's reasons that the, the market would manage that fluctuation, and hopefully your companies will do that as well. But don't you think, no matter what happens, your quota is going to go up, not down? So, yeah. like, don't guess that your quota is going to go down and build a plan equal to last year. Of course, we would all love that, or even a reduction in quota. It ain't happening. And then I tell everyone, I have never got a quota I loved. I, I mean, there's a few I might have liked better than the other ones I've gotten, but there's no quota that I'm like, oh, this is going to be easy. Uh, and if you're in that role, you're probably not going to get much better this year. But the reality is, is go build a plan based on last year's quota plus 20% or last year's actual plus 20%, whichever one's greater. And I bet you're going to fall within about 5% of what you get for the year on your quota. Very fair. So, uh, and then I would say focus on what you know. Like if you run in campaigns, uh, Brian don't doesn't have this thing where deals slip quarter after quarter like I've had <laughs> happen in my career. So, it, But if you had deals slip, like really work hard to close those out for the business. Like I said, you will be taken care of and rewarded, no question, if you do it. You're, you might get you might get taken at some point in your career, but go ahead and do what's best for the business. You, you will be rewarded. Get those deals across the line. Um, customers are probably getting money in their new year. They probably will be able to close those that, that slipped, and uh, you owe that to your partners, and you owe that to your business, um, and then you'll you'll be rewarded for that. And then I think seek to understand what this new year means for your customers as soon as possible. Surely you've been talking to them all year, but you've like Brian said, you've probably been working to close. You've been grinding it out, and you've maybe missed the bigger picture for them as well. Use this as an opportunity as you're getting organized to think about what are my customers doing. Go read some press. They've probably made some statements and number calling themselves. Uh, and if they're going to grow, that's an opportunity for you to go talk to them about the growth as well and hopefully sell them some more tech. So we've covered getting organized. We've covered forget your quota or don't worry about what your quota is. Just go go build a number to something bigger. And then the last one is the action plan for Q1, Q2 and getting everyone involved. Man, this is if there's one thing I've been fairly good at, it's been this one where I'll I'll go seek to get help from you know, my V team locally might be 12 people, but I'll I'll build a spreadsheet or I'll build a PowerPoint with like 45 headshots of everyone who supports my team. I'll find business units, I'll find team team operation leads, I'll find training divisions, I'll find partners, I'll find ISVs, I'll find I'll find as many people as I can and try and get them to look at my accounts. Um I've always heard the squeaky wheel gets the gets the juice or something like that. I don't know what the analogy is, but the grease. Yeah. The grease, yes, if I get the grease. So I, I would get all those people involved, you know, find out what they're doing. Uh have big phone calls with People sharing insights. I think a lot of reps, a lot of salespeople, probably the ones that are a little bit mature and have bigger accounts, get they get scared about getting all these people involved. They don't want to lose control. I don't think I lose control when I do that, but I find as many people as I can and start talking through things. I don't share everything on those calls, but I would really have a plan for my renewals team or for my maintenance team or my support team to make sure they're providing the value that they need to be providing and then my customers see all that stuff. I'd probably pick the big three um, to go chase and then have some big bets for my manager to know about an H1 first half of the year. Well, and I wasn't really good at this uh, here. This wasn't a strength of mine, but this is definitely what we were talking about in the previous section when we're talking about 
kind of some exponential growth opportunity. You don't have to boil the ocean with these partners. Even, you know, don't come out with 52 action items, I guess is the point here. But Bobby, we all work with, I think in almost every case, our listeners are working with some sort of partnership, whether it's implementation or training services. What if they just had one introduction for you? What if it was mm-hmm. one deal they had for you times, you know, on average, what, 10 partners? That could be 10 new deals over the course of the year, not suggesting that's all going to happen in January. But what if what if those partners committed to getting you into one deal for the year? That's it. And I think, the, I think that's the thing. We, we talk about that a lot, just one customer, one action, one thing. But if, if you're holding these early planning conversations with, with a large group, it's really just helping them think like you're thinking and let them know that they're safe to work with you or that you're going to help them be successful. I think that's the biggest difference. If you think about average reps, they're all they're all going to the, the off-site and chilling and waiting and waiting and waiting, and they get a slow start. The, the listener that asked for this podcast series wants that fast start. There's only, there's only a top 10% out there for a reason. Um, hopefully you're in that top 10% and you take this, this podcast and you put it into action, right? The Q1, Q2 action plan should include some really big bets, dinners with CIOs, breaking down walls and barriers that I've not broken into, taking out the competition at company ABC, pick three really big things and ask for help. You, you might be surprised how much help you get. And the people that say, oh, it's just going to be more painful. I hear you, but Man, it sure is nice having a lot of other people do the work and the knocking down that wall for you. And then, yeah, kind of a kind of a virtual manager in a way. Oh, of course, yeah. Every sales rep should feel that way. Uh, so you can you can create that action plan. You can create some big bets, and then you can go. You'll have the best QBR. You'll have the best first half. You'll probably be way out in front of your number, uh, and it won't. It might to some look like luck, but at the end of the first half. Yeah, you can be the luckiest person out there and be thrilled to death that your hard work paid off and luck happened. Um, so with that, this is fiscal year fast start, getting organized. Don't overdo the organization, even though we're talking about organization. Just go lead it. Get others involved. Forget what your quota is. You, you know your quota is going up. Take either last year's quota and raise it by 20% or take last year's actuals and raise it by 20%, whichever one's bigger. And then create a solid Q1, Q2 action plan with everybody. Think your virtual team, partners, vendors, ISVs, corporate office people, managers, leaders. Get everybody as, as involved as you can. And you'll be surprised how fast that flywheel is running by the end of Q1. Brian, anything to close out with? No, thanks for the suggestion. Uh, we always appreciate um, ideas for upcoming shows. So please uh, continue to share. Awesome. With that, as always, average is the enemy. Average sucks. Don't be average, people. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.